0: The Chris
1: Hahn Show.
2: Good evening, everyone, and welcome. This is The Chris Hahn Show. I'm your host, Chris Hahn, the truth is on the air and truthfully tonight, America, I don't know where to start. I mean, there was a special election in Georgia. It was supposed to change the world and nothing happened. Um, there was a special election in South Carolina. Nobody paid attention to it. And the Democrat almost won. Go figure. The guy in South Carolina spends, the guy in, uh, in, in Georgia spends $23 million on his election. Now, I've been in politics a long time. million is probably the sum total of all of the congressional races I've ever worked on in my entire career, Uh, even the ones I worked on peripherally. You know, I mean, it's like $23 million. What do you do with $23 million if you're running? I mean, and and supposedly the Republicans spent $23 million as well. It doesn't get as much attention. Uh, but between the, the, the inside and outside group, she spent 23 or 25 million dollars. I guess when we're going to find out in a week or two what they actually spent there, there might be over 50 for a congressional race. I mean, what do they do? Do they like um, have limousines pick up every voter and drive them to the polls? Do they have Paul McCartney write the, the campaign jingle? I, I don't know what you spend 23 million dollars on and not start pissing people off. And it appears to me that people in uh, the Georgia Six got really pissed off. And they basically, you know, elected a Republican. Um, I don't know what to say about that. I, you know, there's a lot of talk right now that the Democratic Party needs to change leadership, that Nancy Pelosi's been there too long and she's the devil to so many Republicans that we should change course. I don't know. I, I've always liked Nancy Pelosi. She has been leader, though, for 15 years And they haven't won much in the House of Representatives in in those 15 years. So perhaps it's time to kind of consider a change there. But I don't think that losing one race in a Republican district should be the reason you you make that change. I, I think that the Democratic Party has some soul searching to do, because frankly, I don't see a real successor to Nancy Pelosi arising either. You know, you've got a couple of congressmen who've made attempts and, you know, they've fallen way, way short. I don't know who's really taking a leadership role and really developing other members of the party. The problem the House uh, Democrats have in replacing Nancy Pelosi is that they've grown accustomed to her taking care of them on the campaign side, and they're not quite sure how to do it themselves. So you have somebody who will probably be there again. But there's a lot of talk right now. I mean, I, on the way in, I, I, I was uh, uh, talking to a few uh, of uh, my colleagues around the country and uh, asking them what they thought about Georgia 6. I said I might talk about that a little bit tonight on my show. And, you know, they all wanted to blame Nancy Pelosi. I, I don't know. Jo- John Ossoff wasn't picked by Nancy Pelosi. John Ossoff was actually picked by John Lewis, who I have a lot of respect for. Uh, but maybe he shouldn't be picking candidates. Um, because John Ossoff was a young guy, not a lot of experience, uh, other than some House experience uh, working as a House staffer, didn't live in the district. He was from the district, but didn't live in the district and could never connect with those voters, it appears. Look, he should have won this outright two months ago. When we lost it two months ago uh, and didn't lose it, but when we didn't win outright, this is one of those wacky situations where they had a jungle primary where the top two vote getters. Uh, move on to a, a runoff, and they had 19 or so candidates in that jungle primary. I got 48%. Well, they got 47% after spending $23 million last week. So go figure. I guess people down there aren't as mad as tr- at Trump as we think they are. But I'm live tonight, America, if you want to talk to me about it. 631-451-1039 is my number. 631-451-1039. I am Chris Hahn. I am live. I am talking politics. I am talking uh, the congressional race. I'll talk Trump. I'll talk about this weird meme that seems to be uh, working its way from the alt-right to the right-right about how we're in a new American civil war. I don't know if they're rooting for that. I don't know what the deal is. You know, I've spent a lot of time on conservative talk shows and TV shows the last couple of days talking about uh, how angry the left is. And it seems to me that Republicans have forgotten all the crazy things they said during the Obama years. And now that some Democrats are saying crazy things, and quite frankly, they're not even mainstream Democrats. They're people who are on the fringe of the party uh, and the fringe of the progressive movement. You know, now that they're saying crazy things, it's all about them. It's all about how crazy the Democrats are. The shooter, uh, you know, it goes from everybody being, you know, unified to the alt-right, basically blaming progressive rhetoric for this guy committing this crime, this mentally disturbed guy. Just like the mentally disturbed guy shot at Gabby Giffords, this mentally disturbed guy shot at Steve Scalise and the other members of Congress practicing that day. It was not because of any Democratic Party rhetoric. And if we were worried about the rhetoric, why didn't we worry about it when guys like Ted Nugent were telling saying that Barack Obama should suck on his machine gun? Right? Or when Barack Obama was running for re-election in 2012, he said, quote, If Barack Obama gets reelected, I'm going to either be dead or in jail. What's that supposed to mean? 631-451-1039 is the number here. 631-451-1039 is the number. But let's talk about this race in uh, the Georgia 6 for a little bit. And we'll talk a little bit later about, um, you know, about about this rhetoric on the right. And a little later on tonight, about 9 o'clock, uh, our good friend of the show, Janet Johnson, you know her from CNN headline news, you know her from CNN, uh, you know her from the Chris Han show. She's a regular on this show. She's one of my favorite guests. I love talking to Janet about politics. She'll be joining us later on, but you could join me now. 631-451-1039 is the number. And I am live. Look, the message can't just be Trump stinks, right? The message has to be Trump stinks, stinks. And here's why that stench is going to ruin your life and how it's going to affect your life negatively. Here's how Trump's policies are impacting you. It seems to me from what I've been reading and what I've seen that Georgia six was all about Trump stinks. And here's how his policies, and and there was no, here's how his policies affect you. They never made the connection from the national rhetoric about Trump and his, his crazy talk and his, uh, his, his lack of, uh, of understanding of basic issues that, that uh, the, every president should be uh, in, informed about, his lack of interest in the investigation into how the Russians hacked our election in 2016 and how they are attempting to, at- to attack our election systems now, he has no interest in that, none at all. But there was never a connection made between Trump's behavior and what was happening there in Georgia. And if you're going to win an election on the left or the right, you have to make a connection between the Georgia Six, excuse me, between what the president's doing on a national level and how it impacts you locally. Tip O'Neill, the great Democratic Speaker of the House who served for for many years, worked very closely with Ronald Reagan, uh, even though they were from the opposite ends of the political spectrum. Tip O'Neill always said, all politics is local. And if you cannot make an election about what's going on locally, you cannot win that election. It is never just going to be about the national outrage of the day. It will always have to get back to the local, local politics. How is this going to impact us? What's in it for me why does that policy that the president proposed, why does the, uh, the president's uh, Obamacare bill, replacement bill, why is that going to affect us here in Georgia poorly? And I don't think Ossoff ever did that. In fact, Ossoff kind of walked away from the Affordable Care Act. He was like not supportive of Obamacare. I, I didn't understand that either. I mean, you could all say that it could be improved. But what the Republicans are doing are not trying to improve it. They're just trying to destroy it. They're trying to give tax breaks, the taxes that were in there to help help poor people get health insurance. They want to give those taxes back to the very wealthy Americans. Now, if you're rich, you're going to love this bill. If you're poor, you're going to pay more. If you're old, you're going to pay more. Republicans finally today Release their bill, and they're going to vote on it in two weeks with only eight hours of debate so far planned and no hearings in the United States Senate. That is amazing to me. That is absolutely 100% amazing to me. The Senate is supposed to be the greatest deliberative body on the face of the earth. It was put into the Constitution specifically to be a cooling saucer against the House, which they feared would rush to the popular will. But I guess Mitch McConnell doesn't believe in that. I, 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 look, it's anti-American not to believe in that. That is what we have 200 years, over 200 years of history, having a Senate where people debated, where senators rose up and, and, and uh, proposed amendments, where there were hearings, where witnesses were brought in to explain what was going on, pro and con, so that we could get to the bottom of the truth. Maybe amend the bill. Maybe the bill goes nowhere. But that's what the Senate was for. The Senate was designed to slow things down. You're not supposed to have a speedy, a speedy confirmation. You're not supposed to have a speedy process in the Senate. And that's what Mitch McConnell's doing right now. And that's a travesty to me. Absolute travesty to me. 631-451-1039 is the number. 631-451-1039 is the number. So, you know, Trump's bad. He's bad for America. He is unprepared for the job, no doubt. But those statements alone clearly are not going to win elections for Democrats. Because if they did, if they did, we would have won that election in Georgia. We would have won it easily. We would have had a, uh, a, a an easy victory in Georgia six. But we didn't. We didn't have a victory. Because there was no message beyond that. There was no message beyond this is that he's bad and vote for me. Okay, he's bad. Why am I voting for you? What are you going to do to change it? Why is he bad? Why is him being bad, bad for me? I'm entertained by him. I watch him on TV every night. Why is his being bad, bad for me? That's what people want to know. Well, what do you want to talk about, America? What do you want to know? What do you think is going on here in this country? 631-451-1039 is my number. I'm going to go to Nelson in Miller Place. Nelson, you're on the air.
0: Hey, how you doing tonight? How's everything going? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Good. What was your outrage when uh, Nancy Pelosi said we have to pass this bill so we can see what's in it?
2: Well, you see, Nelson... That is such a stupid statement, and it was stupid for her to say it. First of all, hold, hold on, hold on. I'm going to talk. You asked a question. Okay. I'm going to answer it, and then I'll, right, hold on. and then I'll let I you respond. You.
0: Hold on. I'm not I calling you stupid. I thought you were calling
2: me stupid. No, 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 no. It was stupid for her to say that because when Nancy Pelosi said that, there had already been one year of debate on the bill, including twelve hearings and 158 amendments to the bill by in the United in the United States Senate by Republicans. So when she said that boneheaded statement, which, which look Republican political strategists have done a good job glomming onto and make a big issue of it, and people like you who aren't reading between the lines
0: First would all, believe I'm a, that. I'm a registered, I'm a registered Democrat.
2: Well, whatever it is, you still mad about that? that you're is. still, you're still mad about that statement. And let me tell you something: it was a boneheaded thing for her to say. If I, can get, a, if
0: I can get a word in here, Andrew the, the thing that I'm upset with is that for eight years. The Democrats were bullying their way through everything. Bullying? When, when Scott Brown got elected, they rushed to get that thing passed. Come on, let, let's be honest and let's be real. I've been, well, like I said, I've been a registered well, Democrat well, for hold, 30 hold, years. hold
2: on a minute, Nelson. Like I just said, Obamacare was debated for a year. Scott Brown was in the Senate when the Democrats passed it, okay? And it was debated for one year, and there was 15 committee hearings— and there were 158 amendments by Republicans that were entered right. into While the bill. And not one Republican, of- by the way, not one Republican, even the ones who got their amendments put in the bill, not one Republican voted for hey, the bill.
0: We, we, we've learned this also from, from, the, from the other side. You know, the, the problem is nobody wants to get back to stability. Everybody wants to say all these outrageous, outlandish things. You know, the bottom line is he's our, he's our president. He needs to be respected. Why? The why, whoa, a
2: why do we got to—I'm not, to be to I'm work not work disrespecting the president, but don't you think the president should respect the office a little more? I mean, the guy is not really behaving like a president should behave. Don't you agree? But
0: that's why we elected him. We elected him we elected to be—well, we hold on a minute. We, it's, it, I switched he, my he, I got sick of politics as
2: you, usual. He said that he would be so presidential. He'd make you so proud. Are you proud of the way he behaves?
0: I, I'm proud of the fact that he's standing up for America first. I'm in uh, that I, 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 of that living is just on a that, living on your you know, knees to who cause can, to
2: who like because right so now this another, guy is living on this guy is interest. on this guy's on his knees for the Russians right now. So what oh, are you come talking on about now?
0: Give me a break with the Russians. Six
2: three one four five one one zero three nine is the number. Six three one four five one one zero three nine is the number. We don't know who this guy is on, on number one on number two. Oh, you're so, you're still on with him. Oh, they're still screening him. I have no idea who he is. I thought, I thought he was ready to go. Um, but 631-451-1039. Look, the president, we're not on our knees to anybody. We weren't on our knees to anybody during Obama. Things were going very well during Obama. Uh, and uh, things will continue to go well uh, if this president starts acting like a normal human being. Like a normal human being. That's the problem. 631-451-1039. I'm going to go to Robert... I don't know where Robert's calling from. Robert, how you doing? You're on the air. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. Where are you calling from, Robert?
0: Ah, uh, Yapank. Yapank. Yeah. Oh, Yapank. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, so you know the Democrats. I'm not a Democrat, but I just you know they um they keep losing these elections, and you're saying it's because they're not offering anything, and it's just that this guy's bad, that guy's bad. I mean, let me throw something by you that you know. Um, do you think the Democrats? have an ant, like almost an anti-white platform no so i not. don't think the democrats
2: hey, have an anti-white platform i'm as white as they come that's a dumb question i'm gonna hang up on this guy nelson didn't get cut off i hung up on him just let him know sorry nelson i'll, I'll tell him I'll, I'll put him on the air and tell him I'll, I'll put him on hey hey nelson you didn't get cut off i hung up on you <sighs> All right. no, just, <laughs> thanks for your call.
0: <laughs> Thank, right, thanks Randy. for your
2: call. I look. Right, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate. I appreciate the call, and I appreciate me, you.
0: Go ahead. It's like a bad episode of the Brady Bunch. Russia, Russia,
1: Russia. Ah, go to hell. Yeah, <laughs> Russia, Russia, Russia.
2: By the way, I was laughing when I said that. Raw. I was. Yes. I was laughing when I said that. It is. It is. Uh, it is It's not a bad episode of the Brady Bunch. If the Russians were attempting to access our voter rolls and our voter machines, don't you think the president of the United States should be concerned about it? I mean, this time they may have helped him and next time they might not. Do we want a president who is really concerned about winning the Putin primary I mean, is that what we want? We want a president more concerned about what Putin thinks? I don't, I don't know about you, America. I don't care what Putin thinks. And the president of the United States shouldn't care about what Putin thinks. And the fact that the attorney general and the president of the United States have not asked for a briefing about what's being done to protect the cybersecurity of our voting, our voting machines and our, and our elections integrity, that should trouble you, America. I mean, they are. They formed a commission to deal with voter fraud, which does not exist. But when 19 of our intelligence agencies, 17 of our intelligence agencies, all agreed that the Russians were attempting to influence our election, including not just planting fake news, America, not just collect, uh, not just fake news, they got into the roles. And they attempted, excuse me, they attempted to get into the roles of one out of every five states. That's not nothing. That's not nothing, America. That is a major, major, major problem. That's a major problem. And the president doesn't care about it. He doesn't care about it at all. Because he thinks it helped him. And he thinks by caring about it, It's somehow diminishing his great victory. Look, I've said this once. I'll say it again. You're president of the United States. I am not one of those people. I'm not going to be like Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity or any of these right wing nuts who for eight years said Obama's not my president. That's nonsense. Obama was your president and Trump is my president. I'm not happy about it, but that's what it is. And I'm not disrespecting him. I'm not taking away from his victory. But he's got to start showing some concern for a problem that could get worse in the future. It appears they were unsuccessful in accessing or or, or playing around with the voter rolls. Although they might have been successful in one or two cases in messing around with a few things. What happens if they do get better at it? What happens if they get better at it? What are we doing to protect ourselves? Why isn't the president involved with this? Why doesn't he care? I mean, why doesn't he care? Well, I guess we'll talk about this more on the other side of the break. We'll talk about it all night. We'll talk about it for the, until the guy starts caring about it because he really clearly doesn't care. It's like his saw his theme song should be, I don't care. You know, it's like, it's just like, give me a break, Mr. President. Start caring. It's not about you. It's about the country. My biggest complaint of Donald Trump, and there's a lot of complaints, but my biggest complaint is everything's about him, and that's not the way the president should be. All right, 631-451-1039 is the number. I am live. I'll take your calls on the other side of the break at 631-451-1039. you listen to Chris Hancho. Keep it where it is. I'll be right back.
1: You can't ignore the truth forever. So listen up. The Chris Hahn Show.
2: All right, I'm back. I'm live. Give me a holla holla. Get on the phone. 631-451-1039 is my number. I'm live. I'm live. I'm live. And I'm taking your calls. I'm talking politics. I'm talking Trump. 631-451-1039 is the number 631-451-1039. Now, you know, I, I would spend a lot of time talking about this healthcare bill, but it just came out. I didn't get a chance to read it yet. I heard a lot of commentary about it, people saying how bad it is and, you know, I'm sure it is. Um, but I don't want to get too deep into it till I actually know for myself, right? So uh, I tell y'all, I want to tell you the truth as I see it, and uh, I don't want to just tell you the truth as somebody else sees it. So I'm going to read it, and I'm going to get back to you on it. So uh, tune in next week. I'm sure I'll talk healthcare next week, 631-451-1039. This week, I got to talk about this nonsense that I've been talking about on, on conservative radio, because I know most of the people listening to me right now. Uh, we're listening to the station, listening to a conservative talk show host, whether it be on uh, LI News Radio in New York or on 990 the t- 900 AM, the talk in, in West Palm Beach. When you hear this, uh, I know that I probably follow the conservative guy and, and you got back in your car, you turn on the radio and here's this progressive talking about uh, things the way he is. Right. So, um, you know, uh, I got to talk about what they've been talking about a little bit because it's really bothering me. It's bothering me a lot this nonsense that there's some sort of like democratic cabal that's provoking violence across the the country, that Democrats are somehow responsible, uh, Democrats are somehow responsible for the shooting of Steve Scalise because they're opposing Donald Trump and maybe we shouldn't oppose Donald Trump. I, I remember during George W. Bush's presidency, I remember vividly after 9-11 and once the war started. How dare you speak ill of the president because we are in a war, they used to say. We're in a war, at a time of war. How dare you say that the president's incompetent? Well, the president was incompetent. Not as incompetent as the president we have now, but he was pretty incompetent. In fact, I'd take George W. Bush in a second if, you know, I could trade. I want one of those bumper stickers that they used to have during the early days of the Obama uh, administration with the picture W saying Miss me yet? Remember those? I do miss you Mr. President. I miss you a lot But I remember conservative Talk radio host and Sean Hannity How dare people speak ill Of the president in a time of war But then you know When Obama was president and we were in the same war They spoke pretty poorly of him All the time Like every minute of the day now that there's a Republican president, how dare you incite violence against the president? First of all, no Democrats inciting violence against the president. They're pointing out that the president's incompetent. They're pointing out that the president doesn't care about what's going on uh, with a foreign power trying to infiltrate our political system. Our adversary, no less. This isn't like Israel trying to get somebody who might be more pro-Israel in there. No, this is the Russians trying to get somebody in there that will let them take over Crimea. Crimea. Or let them take over the Balkans. That's what this is, this is. about. This is about Russia trying to break up NATO. And a president who you know took a while to come around, you know, on Article Five of NATO. Amazing to me. But no, don't say anything bad about him. That's why Steve Scalise got shot. That's what's being said. By Republicans across the America across this country, they're talking about a new civil war. They're saying that the Democrats are urging a new civil war, but I, I don't know. I have never heard Democrats talk about leaving this country or 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 um, or, 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 or wanting to fight physically with the Republicans. I, I've heard Alex Jones do it. I mean, I, I got a, I got a, a new clip of Alex Jones talking about this new civil war. Okay, so, you know, this is now six months into the Trump presidency. Right. So, uh, you you know, we also remember what he said the night Trump was inaugurated and his rant. That's one of my old clips. You got to look for that one. Uh, But play that's play number one for me first. The
1: The Democrats and the controlled corporate foreign bank owned media have been on every late night show every news show every major newspaper washington post new york times la times chicago tribune calling for trump's death and calling for trump supporters to be attacked for wanting kind of a populist liberal president i mean you look at his actual policies it's just classic jfk 1961
2: <laughs> oh, there's so much wrong with that 6314511039 if you want to get into the conversation nobody's calling for the president's death nobody okay not one Democrat, not one mainstream progressive, not in the party, out of the party. No one is calling for the death of the president or any of his supporters. Nobody other than crazy people like Alex Jones, OK, who, you know, I'm not saying he's done that either, but but he's said some pretty crazy things over the years. Nobody is calling for the president's death. They're they're saying people should. Resist this president, his policies. We should fight back against those policies the way you do in a republic through electoral politics, through advocacy, through things of that nature. That's what people say. But nobody's calling for any physical violence. That's just not what we're getting here. We're not getting physical violence here. Nobody's pointing to that at all. We never would. We never have. This guy has Alex Jones and, and if we can find the clip we'll, we'll we'll play that it's there somewhere. this is the problem with a new producer no <laughs> so we'll find it well, let's go to the phones right now six three one four five one one oh three nine let me go to Chris in uh, middle island Chris how you doing
0: all right what's going on Chris how are you
2: I'm doing well man thanks for calling what's on your mind tonight my man
0: no doubt man I'm listening to you and um I'm hearing you know what you're saying about the Democrats not trying to Rabble rouse and cause uh, you know a tear between the two parties, and all I hear
2: out of the over you is Nancy Pelosi. What are you talking about? The
0: things that she said.
2: Well, hold on a second. So, Chris, so Chris, you're missing yeah. the point.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Uh huh. It's different to criticize the president and his policies, and then call for the president's death, which is what conservatives are accusing Democrats of doing, which is just not true. Right. I criticize the president's policies. In fact, that's the most American thing you can do is stand up for what you believe in and exercise your political right to free speech. Right. Your your constitutional right to, to free speech, especially when you're talking about politics. But I'm not calling for the president's death. And Nancy Pelosi and me is not going to get you anywhere, Chris. So what else you got?
0: Um, man I I don't know that was that was really That was mad. it you were
2: going to lead with Nancy yeah, Pelosi. A, so if I was what? Nancy Pelosi so if you've been listening Chris the beginning of my comment was Uh, I'm not going to talk about the Affordable Care, the the Republicans' uh, Senate bill on health care, because I haven't read it yet. I could have just taken the talking points I got from the DNC today and spouted them out like every other idiot on TV is doing right now. But I'm not going to do that. I'd read the bill. i make up my own talking points.
0: How am I, Nancy Pelosi? You're not, but what you say, just, she overrides you saying that there's no... Body on the so, what
2: you're saying is, is you, you look at me and you see a, a 75-year-old woman. What are you trying to say about me, Chris? This is very insulting to me. Is that what you say? All right, 631-451-1039. He looks at me, Mike. Me. And he sees a 75-year-old woman who's clearly you know, looks pretty good for 75. Clearly had okay. some work done, but she looks pretty good for 75? Come on, if I'm 75, <laughs> I look that good, I'd be pretty happy. You should be. You know, but I'm, four, I'm a 45-year-old grown-ass man, and I don't look anything like Nancy Pelosi. Chris from Middle Island, I uh, I, I know he thinks I might, but I don't. Yeah. Not even a little
1: bit. That's
2: kind of funny. That's kind of <laughs> funny for me. 631-451-1039. And he didn't know where to go with that, right? Because I literally had just said.
1: He had the, like, he had a, he had a Basic premises, but he no like.
2: Yeah, he you know, had no like. He had a hey,
1: you're Nancy Pelosi. It's kind of like the Ossoff off ads. Yeah, I think he kind of things like you kind of sound like her, and, you, and then what you're you're spitting out, you know.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, well, she is a progressive, right? Points, and, and we have basic. a lot of the same feelings on things. I'm yeah. a, I'm a progressive. She's a progressive, right? Um, so I, that's I think that basically. that most of what she stands for, I stand for. But like I said, um, the bill came out today. I happen to have been playing golf today at a very exclusive club that I don't usually get to play at. So, I've Fancy. A very fancy <laughs> club. I won't mention it, but it's out in East Hampton somewhere. Uh, and uh, and uh, I, I did not read the bill. Had other things to do. I'm not going to come on here and bash the bill when I haven't read it. I'm sure there are a lot of things in that bill I don't like. I've read bits and pieces of it, but I haven't read the bill yet. I don't really know what's going on with that bill. I haven't really analyzed that bill. I'm not going to come in here because, look, I'm on millions of lists. I get talking points from everybody, and I've read a lot of those. They're easy to read. But I'm not going on that. I come in here, I tell you the truth as I see it, not as some aide at the DNC sees it. Or not how as Nancy Pelosi sees it, Chris, from Middle Island. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about Chris from Middle Island. Um. I'm here to talk about what's going on. I don't like the fact that conservative media personalities are saying that progressives and liberals and Democrats, including mainstream Democrats, are trying to start a civil war. I don't get it. I mean, I have been on TV a long time. I've been on radio. I've been, I've been going on conservative media for a long time. And I've talked to a lot of people. And I remember not too long ago, like a year ago when the rhetoric against Hillary Clinton and the rhetoric against Barack Obama was downright dirty and nasty and borderline violent. But I never, ever said, you know, Mitch McConnell is promoting violence against uh, against Barack Obama. I never said that. Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell has every right to do everything he can to stop the president's agenda as a United States senator, just as Chuck Schumer has every right to do everything he can to stop uh, Donald Trump's agenda as a United States senator, as the leader of the Democrats in the Senate. Not, that does not make them violent foes of the president. And that's a line that Republicans have been towing. I was on the Hannity show, uh, the Sean Hannity radio show yesterday, or the day before, I don't know. All the days have molded together for me. I was on his show. And that was the theme of his show. When I was on, I was on with Jeffrey Lord. I don't know if they edited the hell out of me because I beat the crap out of those two. I was prepared. I had all Ted Nugent's crazy statements ready to go when they brought up, uh, you know, uh, what's her name? Uh, and they brought, up, uh, they brought up Kathy Griffin with the freaking head, right? I think, I think Howard Stern said it best. You know, these guys get into these photo shoots for magazine covers and, you know, they're, they're in them for hours and the photographer at the end of it says, hey, hold up this bloody head. Wouldn't that be funny? Ha, 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 ha. And that's the thing. Nobody's blaming the photographer. But Kathy Griffin's an outlaw. She apologized. She had tearful apologies. The Republicans were like, she never apologized. Ted Nugent apologized. Yeah, Ted Nugent apologized the day after Steve Scalise got shot. What about the last 10 years of his rhetoric? Hillary Clinton can suck on a machine gun. Remember that? Remember when he called the President of the United States a mongrel? Remember that? And, and, oh, guess what? Before he apologized about all that stuff, he was at the White House with this current president, Mr. Trump, in the Oval Office, standing behind him at the Resolute desk, taking pictures. So, okay, he apologized last week after there was a, a violent incident saying, whoa, maybe my rhetoric was too tough. Now that it's a Republican president his rhetoric might've been too tough. He doesn't like where it's going. So hold your horses right wing with your nonsense, you know, your Alex Jones and your, uh, uh, uh you know, and your Sean Hannity's. And I guess if Bill O'Reilly still had a radio show or TV show, uh, he would do that. I, he did Newsmax the other day, probably uh, at, at a worse time slot than when I get asked to do Newsmax. And I don't really do news, Newsmax anymore, but he, he would be doing that. I have a bigger platform than, Sean, than, than Bill O'Reilly now. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's awesome. Um, but here we are. Well, what do you think? Do you really think that progressives are promoting violence? Do you think I'm promoting violence? Anybody listen to my show last week? 631-451-1039 is the number. Again, I'm live tonight. I got Janet Johnson joining me at the top of the hour. Uh, 631-451-1039. 631-451-1039. You could also follow me on Twitter. At Christopher Hahn is my Twitter handle, at Christopher Hahn. I always respond if you're a follower. At least I try, because sometimes there's an overwhelming thing going on. But uh, if it's not too busy uh, and, and, and people... Uh, tweet at me. I try to tweet back at them at Christopher Hahn is my Twitter handle. 631-451-1039 is the number. If you want to get on this call, I got a, I got a little, little more time left in this segment, but again, Janet Johnson from CNN joins me at the top of the hour. And, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, what's going on over there. We're going to talk about what's going on, uh, you know, uh, with this race and what's going on within the party. Right. I mean, what do we do about this part? I don't know where Janet is on it. I don't know. I, I haven't asked her. I try not to talk to her off the air because she's always got a, a good perspective, and I want it to be fresh on the air. Uh, but uh, Janet is a is a good friend of the show, and she uh, she really knows her stuff. But 631-451-1039 is the number if you want to get on now, and you want to talk about uh, about anything going on in the world of politics right now. Anything going on in the world of politics, uh, in the world of politics. We got we a caller here. I don't know where he's from but that's uh, okay. I'll pick them up. 631-451-1039. Fred from God knows where is on the air. Fred, how you doing? Where are you calling from?
0: Hey, Chris, uh, I'm calling from the Long Island Expressway.
2: There you go. That's why we didn't know where you were.
0: Out <laughs> by exit 60 something. Uh, anyway, Chris, uh, we've met a couple times and, uh, and I, you, you're actually very personable. Uh, and, um, more reasonable, I think, in person.
2: Well, but you know, I, I got to be entertaining on the air. <laughs> so.
0: that, that that that's true. I don't I don't want to accuse you of uh, of being uh, being reasonable. But listen, <laughs> um, somebody sent me something about uh, Obama and 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 his accomplishments and Bill Clinton and his accomplishments versus recent Republicans, and I point.
2: Ah, I think we're losing Fred. Fred, we're losing you. Call back. Call back, Fred. 631-451-1039 is the number. He had a bad, conne- bad, bad connection for Fred. So hopefully Fred will call back and uh, and we'll check it out here. You know, that's the problem with the expressway, right? It, I was actually looking forward to what he had to say. You know, Yeah, he, he was like starting like he to make you. a point. Exactly. I of didn't know what it did. was. I mean, I've had a couple of guys just try to joke around here and say, you're Nancy Pelosi. you to a 75-year-old woman. They think I am a 75-year-old woman. <laughs> that should be great. Should be uh, that's great. fantastic. I'm that's sure my wife Halloween appreciates that. That's going to help me. That's going to help me. 75. Chris
1: Hahn as Nancy Pelosi for Halloween.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. if They make a Nancy Pelosi costume in my size, <laughs> but uh, but it is a. I think he might be calling back. Give him a. All right. Let's see what he says here. But it, it's it's. Uh, he was making a point. He was making a point. And now he's. Uh, and now uh, and now. Oh, he's back. He's back. How's his connection? His connection good? Yeah, it's better. All right, let's Go take on. him. All right, Fred. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it out quick, just in case we lose you.
0: All right, Chris, listen, uh, Bill Clinton became president on January 20th, 1993. That was really the real thrust of the Internet, the dot-com bubble, okay? Twenty-two and a half million jobs Bill Clinton takes credit for, and most of those jobs were lost when the dot-com bubble burst before the end of his presidency. More than 70% of the jobs created under Barack Obama were part-time jobs.
2: That's not true. That's not true. Barack Obama created created 19, under his administration, 19 million full-time jobs created under Barack Obama on an economy that was bleeding jobs, Fred. Bleeding, bleeding, bleeding.
0: Chris, one more thing. Barack Obama and his cohorts take credit. For the bank bailout, which took place completely under George W. Bush, he had nothing to do with the TARP bailout. In fact, Bush but he had
2: everything to enough. do with the auto bailout and using the TARP funds to bail out the auto industry, and that's where you're wrong. That's right. He, he also, did, also, did, did. he also managed the TARP bailout. The bill was passed in October of of 2008, but nobody action, nothing actually got done on it until 2009 when he took office. So yeah,
0: he managed Bush,
2: Bush, that bailout.
0: Wait, it was seven hundred billion. Bush spent three fifty of it and bailed out a lot of banks overseas without the American people knowing about it. That's that's well, I'm that's pushed.
2: one of the Bush's problems. So, all right, okay. Fred, I'm, I'm I'm up against the break. Thanks for your call. I appreciate it. We'll get get back soon, okay. okay? 631-451-1039. I'll be taking your call again at around 9.30, if you want to get on the calls around then. 631-451-1039. Janet Johnson coming up at the top of the hour. Everybody wants to say that Clinton and Obama weren't successful, and it's always the Republicans that do it. And, you know, somehow economies always collapse over Republicans, right? Like, George Bush was president for eight years, pretty much was done with his presidency he'd been president for two full terms and then the market collapsed was that the democrats problem too was it the democrats that caused that so barack obama doesn't get any credit for saving the economy right now give me a break Barack Obama was one of the greatest presidents of our lifetime, and include Ronald Reagan in that list. Here's how it goes Barack Obama, one. Bill Clinton, two. George Herbert Walker Bush, three. Jimmy Carter, four. Nixon, five. Reagan, six. So suck on that, Reagan fans. 631 451 1039. Janet Johnson joins me on the other side of the break. You're listening to The Chris Hodge Show. Keep it where it's at.
1: conservatives crazy since the day he was born, The Chris Hahn Show.
3: All
1: right. I'm
2: back. And I do want a revolution, but not a violent overthrow of the government. Just in case anybody knows. I want a political revolution. You know, I want to change the world. And joining me now is somebody else who wants to change the world. Good friend of mine. Good friend of the show. You see her on Headline News. HLN, I guess they call it now because they don't really do news there. It's like MTV. They used to do videos, and now they now they don't. Uh, HLN's at Janet Johnson. Uh, at J Johnson Law on Twitter. Janet Johnson, good friend of the show. Welcome back.
3: Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'll, I'll go for revolution. For now, I'll just go for, like, health care and, you know, not arresting people in wheelchairs. I would go for, for just you know, winning
2: for one special election.
3: <laughs> well, you know what? I actually I ended up making phone calls um, for that campaign. I was... It, which I, you know, I have to say, just between you and me, um, they were a lot better organized than the Hillary Clinton campaign. Oh, I'm sure. Well, they had both. 23
2: million dollars for a congressional district. Do you like? Well, yeah, I, I mean,
3: she had money, but she had money. I no, mean, I volunteered on both campaigns, and it's something I didn't dare say at the time. But having worked on the Obama campaign and worked on Hillary's campaign, even the people here in Florida were saying the Democrats you know, she's just so far behind the organization that he had. Osof was ahead of her. And um, you know what? I'm proud of what he did. I think that was never going to be, he wasn't going to flip the six, Right. So, you know, I can't, you know, I know Donald Trump's tweeting out this is some huge victory for him. If they have to spend $20 million themselves to hold. I think they probably a, spent
2: $25 million between, yes. you know, her and the outside groups. We're going to find out. Um, and it's gonna you know it is what it is. I, I mean, they're not gonna spend that kind of money on every race, neither are we. And look at what happened in that South Carolina race. That guy did better than us off percentage wise and, and nobody yeah, even phenomenal. nobody
3: even knew it was happening. Yeah, well there was so one theory is, we do better when we don't talk about it. You know, I mean, this is the Monday morning quarterback, right. in which, you know, Twitter's the worst about this stuff, but, you know, it's Nancy Pelosi's fault. It's, you know, everyone's fault except Bernie's. It's Sarah Bernie's oh, fault. Oh, I had somebody
2: say that to me that, well, you know, this is good for the Bernie people. I go, what are you talking about? Ossoff is the epitome of a Bernie person. He's a
3: millennial. Except you know the Bernie guy didn't get the nomination and didn't win the primary, and you know it, every guy Bernie's backed has, and it's and when I say guy, I literally mean guy because I've never heard of Bernie backing a woman. Yeah, it's true. And I know people get it. You know, I mean, and this is the like Bernie bro. You know, now they hate Nancy Pelosi. Yesterday right. they hated Hillary Clinton. There was five minutes where Chelsea Clinton was, you know, persona non grata. God forbid she have an opinion. You know, tweet anything, write a book. There seems to be a common theme with those guys. I, I don't know.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. A, it is a very common. It is a very common theme. Well, let me ask you this: What do you really think of Nancy Pelosi? Now, <laughs> now, here's the thing: I've always liked Nancy Pelosi. I've always thought she was a good leader. She's been a leader, though. Of the she's been the minority right. leader. Then she was the Speaker of the House. Now she's minority leader. Yeah. Fifteen years now. Yeah, that's the longest. That's really longer than most leaders serve, right?
3: Well, she gets stuff done, right? I mean, you know, the the knock on her, and, and I I will say this. I mean, at, after the shooting, the congressional. Baseball shooting, you know. She, Ryan spoke on the floor, and she spoke. I had to change the channel. I couldn't listen to her, and I'm a fan. But she is not a good speaker. She's, you know, literally not speaker in terms of speaker of the house. But she's no. She was a good. good she was that. a
2: great speaker of the house. She's a great
3: speaker, <laughs> but she's not a good articulator. She's, a, a, you know, I, I don't know if it's age. I don't think I listened to her as closely before. But she's a little painful to listen to. I right. Mean, she's not. But. She knows, you know, kind of like Harry Reid did, and and you know the giants uh, of of Congress. She knows how to get things done. Right. She got you know the health care bill passed, which we're all finding out isn't as easy as it looks. Right. So uh, you know she'll leave when she wants to leave. I think that's how it should be. That's what she said today. She said
2: I'll leave when I want to leave. Nobody's knocking me off. Yeah, I
3: love that, Yeah, you, you know, what? and a bunch of, you know, after what they did to Debbie Wasserman Schultz and, you know, I've just, I, I'm tired of this 2016 period yeah. of, you know. I, I got to tell you
2: something. Yeah. I, I am like, I blame the Bernie people a little bit for this Ossoff loss. You know, I mean, look, yeah. I mean, look, how realistic was it that we were going to win a seat that's been with the Republicans since what, 1978? Right. Right, right. Nine, a lot, and,
3: the, and the last Democrat who won was a Dixiecrat. It wasn't really a Democrat.
2: Right, and it was a Dixiecrat that won after Watergate, by the way, right, right. after Watergate. Right. Right, yeah. so it, you know, in 1976, Democrats a, couldn't lose, right? right. So, right. so it was a, it was that kind of thing. So we had, you know, we have a situation here right now where, uh, you know, that's a seat that's been Republican forever. The, the last guy won it by 21 points. Okay, so he only, you know, he he closed the gap to six points. I'm not for moral victories. I'm for victories, right? Uh, and and that's not a victory, uh, but. You know, I mean, how much of it, whose fault was it? I don't know, but it could easily be blamed on Bernie Sanders anyway, right? Because this state, well, you know, they picked yeah. this millennial who has no real ties to the district, who would appeal to the Bernie people, and he didn't appeal to anybody else.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, he didn't literally live there, I mean, I think that was problematic. But, Huge. you know, the other, right, it, yeah, it is. I mean, again, it, it, there's two sets of rules. You know, having a fraud case against you, you know, molesting women, that's not, that's not a problem. But living with your fiancé while she finishes medical school, right. you know, is a problem. You know, that, again, that's the kind of nonsense that I'm sort of Why over, couldn't he just get an apartment
2: in the district before he ran? I mean, he's from there. It's like such a stupid <laughs> I, thing, right?
3: Like, it's a stupid thing, but meanwhile he was running against a woman who said, I'm not for a living wage. Right. You know? I mean, which is worse, his, his literal address or a woman who Well, says,
2: clearly in electoral politics your
3: it's, it's your address. It's your
2: address, right? Because you no know, yeah, what but, happens is what does he what does he know about this district? He doesn't even live here. And that's the problem, well, uh, right?
3: The problem well, why he is He's from Georgia, and Karen Handel's not. She's only lived there 20— I mean, if, you know, if you're going to nitpick— Well, Carol, Karen Handel's lived there for 20
2: years, but 20 years ago, he was 10 years old.
3: So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he hasn't lived anywhere for 20 years.
2: Right. He didn't live yeah, there for 20 I, years because uh, he was in right. Washington, D.C., and California for 10 years. So it's a, right. it's a, it's like, you know, here's the thing about this guy, right? I mean, it, it, you know, in, in politics, you got to be able to connect with the district, and if you don't live in right. the district— you're not going right. to connect with the district. And what happens is people just start tuning out everything else you say. Well, he doesn't even live here. It's a, it's a right. way to just well, get him out.
3: And he wasn't a great fit. I mean, you know, what everyone is, is saying is there's 71 closer, better, right. you know, flippable districts. He wasn't, you know, he's not the Joe Manchin. You know, he's not one of these, you know, guys that is could almost look like a Republican but isn't. Right. I, you know, I, I, I was i was pretty pleased with how it went i mean obviously oh, i was you know we're, we're well i mean well you know I, here's a statistic that
2: here's a statistic i don't like and that should be ominous to democrats it is number 10 on the list of districts with uh the highest education level in the country right right it's the 10th right. most educated congressional district in the country and we couldn't win it we're supposed to be doing better with educated voters but they didn't come out in this election why
3: well, right. Well, it, it, I mean, it is an anomaly, though, in terms of. With that said,
2: now I they mean, might have all I'm gone right. to Georgia State, but you know.
3: Yeah, yeah, and when you look at the numbers, I mean, you know, the most competitive Democrats have been there is twenty-three points. You know, and he right. came. Within five. And, you know, they didn't nominate Tom Price, you know, for DHS secretary because they thought that was a seat they'd lose. I mean, right. Again, you know, yes, there have been four special elections and we've lost all four of them. But they're special elections because they are the, you know, most Republican people they could find to put in this cabinet right. of, you know, right wing nut jobs. But here's so, the thing.
2: When the Republicans had to win a special election in twenty uh, not 2009, the they won party. it. Yeah. They won the election. Right. They won that Senate seat just for a short time, but they won that seat in in, in Massachusetts. it was a shocking, shocking result.
3: It was Scott Brown, though. Right. I mean, it it was a sort of, you know, the Massachusetts Republicans are not, you know, Karen Handel. What I'm saying is
2: they picked the right candidate in that election and won.
3: Or the flip side is Barack Obama was much, you know, less political in his appointments. Right. Again. Well, you know, again, you well, know, you know like nobody you thinks didn't.
2: that we're going to lose Massachusetts, right? Even though there was a Republican, well, right. there have been, there are histories of Republican, Republican governors yeah, right. and, and, and and things like right. that there, but nobody thought we'd lose Massachusetts either. And we had this great candidate who'd been attorney general. Turns out she stunk. Right. right, right and they right. had a guy, well, yeah, Scott Brown, who was a little, who was a little dopey, but I got to tell you something. Scott Brown was a damn good candidate in that race. He worked that district, that worked that state like it was nothing. And and won. And it wasn't just because, you know, everybody's like, oh, it's a big national trend. No, a lot of it had to do with Scott Brown and and Chokley or whatever her name was. I can't remember. And Chokley is what they call it. Uh, Martha Coakley. Martha Martha Coakley. Coakley. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it had to do with the candidates because people don't vote for Barack Obama or the Tea Party. They vote for Martha Coakley or Scott Brown. And people met Scott Brown and, and Coakley was you know, distance and aloof. Same thing might have happened here, right? The more people got to know Ossoff clearly, the less they liked him.
3: Uh, I mean, he was ahead up until the congressional shooting. I mean, so if you want to go back to... Yeah, but six
2: points. I mean, he lost by six points. He didn't lose six
3: points because of that shooting. Well, they also had, you know, a a Trump pack sending out letters to African-American voters, you know, kind of Sort of tricking them into, you know, convincing right. them to become Republican. I mean, the, you know, again, you, when they go low, you know, we lose. I yeah. mean, we don't, we don't fire back. We're not good at. They ran ads, you know. This is goes back to the Nancy Pelosi. Although Bernie's in those same ads, you know, they run ads tying him to the shooter, to Nancy Pelosi and Bernie. Yeah. And we didn't run one ad with her and Trump.
2: None. She is embraced- the woman appeared in two fundraisers for Trump. We never ran an ad. Right. Never in. Right. You know, I, I think our up. new motto shouldn't that's be when they, up. our new motto shouldn't be when they, I'm sorry, I'm talking over you because I'm all fired up too. No worries.
3: Yeah, I know. I'm
2: uh, ready to go. I, I'm, <laughs> I think our new model, Janet, Janet, our new motto, you should, you tell me what you think. When they go low, we stomp on their freaking heads, right? Instead of we go high, screw right. that. You know, that doesn't right. work. I, yeah,
3: yeah. No, I know. I, I love Michelle Obama. And I think it works when you're raising a family, but it, it isn't working in yes. politics. No,
2: it, it doesn't. You fight It
3: does, it. It, it, yeah. F- I, I agree. And that's, again, the Nancy Pelosi knock. I mean, you, you know, you, I keep hearing Democrats on TV. Bernie does this. He does this on Twitter. I'm starting to think Donald Trump may not be working with, you know, these sort of like, really? You think so? Yeah, maybe he lied. That's yeah, maybe he you lied. <laughs> <laughs> and that's annoying. That is annoying. You know, but in the end, you know, it's like the, the proverbs of, you know, if we do become like they are— then what's the point? Then right. we, then we're then we're going to be like they are. Right. You
2: know? Well that's true too, but you know, you can't let somebody chop you off at the knees and not hit them back. And that seems to be what right. they've been doing right. here and they and they are, they play dirty, they lie, they make things up. Right. It's insane, right. you know? It it's is
3: insane, a- right. And, and Congress doesn't seem to, you know, that aggressive in wanting to know what, you know, what they've done. And, you know, it seems incredibly obvious that You know, Trump is, they came out tonight, he's obsessed. You know, he's asking people to say that there is no, you know, there was no collusion. He's, you know, constantly talking about the Russian investigation. You know, I've represented criminal defendants for 24 years Innocent people don't behave like that. No, I mean, no, they don't. Something is going on there. No,
2: right? they don't. By the way, I'm talking to Janet Johnson. You can follow her on Twitter at Johnson Law. You can watch her on Headline News or HLN uh, <laughs> <laughs> at Jay Johnson Law on Twitter. She's a regular guest here. I'm taking your calls at the bottom of the hour at 631 451 1039. If you want to talk a little politics, 631 451 1039. But yeah, let's talk Russia. <laughs> I mean, <Ugh>.
0: uh, uh. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I, you know, and, and this was the other thing about the special, actually. You know, I had never Trump people from Georgia saying, "We, you know, we feel okay now that Mueller's doing this, so we, you know, the investigation, so we can vote for handle." You know, Mueller could come up with any conclusion he wants if Congress doesn't act on it. You know, right. nothing's going to happen. Right,
2: the president so, can't be indicted.
3: Right, and that's what you know. I someone on Twitter said, "Oh, I, I'm, I, he's going to be in handcuffs soon." I said. 100% he's not going to be in handcuffs, and that isn't going to happen. Never it's going to be not, in
2: handcuffs. Never going to be in handcuffs and never going to be impeached unless the Democrats could take control of, of the House.
3: Period. Or we get enough. You know, again, it's that old, you know, in, during Watergate, we had Republicans. Even though we controlled the House, we did have Republicans that came over. You know, Bill Weicker just wrote an op-ed about that. But these Republicans in the House are not those people. I right. mean— you know, uh, Steve Scalise. Uh, you know, I, I feel bad that he got shot. I, I mean, I'm not just saying that. I do. I feel bad that he got shot. I got feel bad. I feel, you know, bad, feel bad too. I feel bad. But Joy Reid, you know, tweeted out, "This is a guy who who calls himself, you know, David Duke with, you know, in a more palatable version." I mean, you know, these are not people who are reasonable. I, you know, no. they're not going to look at Trump's collusion and think it's a bad thing. You know, they probably sit around in rooms. We heard Paul Ryan on that tape that nothing ever came of it, laughing, right. saying, you know, with Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy saying, saying, yeah, said he, he thought that the
2: him. Russians pay Trump.
3: Yeah, amazing. Yeah, and, paid, and by the way, they right, probably, they probably, Trump he and,
2: probably does have loans with them. We just don't know.
3: Oh, he absolutely does, and you know, the emoluments. You know, violations that are happening hourly. If if
2: this was Bill Clinton or Barack uh, Obama or Hillary Clinton, there would be 14 impeachment uh, hearings going on every single day. That's all. It'd be be the never ending saga of impeachment of these people for the exact same thing this guy's doing. Right. They wanted to they wanted to run her out of town for for like not even a scintilla of (laughs) anything close to this.
3: Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, obviously, that that's the worst part of it is the hypocrisy is you know so depressing to watch, and it is demoralizing. And I think you know a lot of Democrats after the special elections, they already felt demoralized, and you know now they feel worse. You know, right. and I I get that. Uh, you know, if if you, they would go out and volunteer, they wouldn't feel bad though. You know, I mean, if you True. actually are out there doing it. You know, you got to, what are you going to do? What's the alternative? Well, you know, you know are, I got to tell you, I
2: do blame Rachel Maddow a little for this. Nobody was thinking about really? this race. Nah, nobody with nobody. Look, I love Rachel. Uh, you know that I'm a fan, a huge fan. Yeah. Nobody was thinking about this race. And then uh, Rachel Maddow started talking about it and saying, why aren't they thinking right. about this race? So we spent right. all this energy on this race and all this money and got people's hopes up. And right. then it ended exactly the way it was going to end. And it's, it, you know, the way it would have ended, you know, anyway, right. It, you know, a win's a win, whether it's by one vote or, you know, 7%. Um, yeah. you know, so she got a little bit smaller victory than she would have gotten, but she still won. And, and, you know, Rachel Maddow was insistent on this early on back in January. She was the first one to talk. First time I heard about it was on Rachel Maddow show. And, um, and she felt, and for the exact reason I just said, it's the 10th most educated district in the country. And that's the voter we're supposed to win. And if it's number 10 in the country, we should be able to win there. But we couldn't. And uh, there's something about the South. It's not the place we're going to battle. Everybody seems to think that we're going to win one of these states someday, but we're probably not, probably not right now.
3: Well, it depends what the Supreme Court decides on gerrymandering. I mean, you know, obviously that's another battle that we can hold our breath and think that, you know... Neil Gorsuch is going to surprise us all and, and rule against gerrymandering. But I mean, that's obviously that's a huge issue right now, you know, as well as, you know, voter suppression through other means, but, um, that's gonna, that'll make a big difference. And if, if it wasn't gerrymandered, we would do better at this.
2: Right. Well, I agree. I agree. And it's gerrymandered by the way. Uh, but, (laughs) I have have to say that I'm married to one of his great 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 granddaughters. But it's it's a it's a it's uh it's gerrymandered. And uh yeah, you know, this is a big question that's gonna be answered in October, right? Can there be political gerrymandering? Can that happen? And if they say yes, I don't know what's gonna happen in this country. I mean, we're gonna I we're never gonna change. We're gonna have political it's gonna get worse and worse and worse.
3: Yeah, we have to, you know, and again, this is, a, you know, there's an argument. This is what we should be doing. We have to, be, you know, win on state level in, and change those. You know, I mean, because that's that, that's what's deciding it right. know, to a large extent. Right. And you know, I mean, in Florida, we have a bunch of actually really good Democrats running for governor. We're hosting a Bill Nelson event next week because you know. He's getting scared because, you know, Rick Scott may run against him, handpicked by Donald Trump in the U.S. Senate.
0: Right,
2: right, right.
3: I mean, all of those things are going to matter, you know. You know what? I'm
2: sorry. Nelson's going to kill Scott in Florida. He should definitely worry about it. knock on wood. He should definitely worry about it. But, uh, you know, Nelson (laughs) went to space and— Uh, Scott has a lot of space between his ears, so there's going to be a—it's going to be be, very—it's a no-brainer for me because one of them has no brain.
3: And he's a corrupt—he paid the largest fine in the history of Medicaid, fraud fines. Um, Yeah. But he's been our governor for two terms. He took (laughs) over a state where
2: people were moving to it, and the economy was booming, and now look at it. Nothing. Didn't take
3: the Medicaid expansion, um, uh, which other Republican governors right. did, and it was very popular. Right,
2: he's an, uh, you know he's we an, won't he won't have
3: Medicaid anymore. You know, next running week, up against but a
2: real good candidate like uh, Nelson, who's got a record, and people like he's done. All right, I got thirty seconds left with you, Janet. What do you want to plug? Where do you want people to know where you're going to be? <laughs> Time goes well, too quick. I'm
3: on on the weekends. Uh, I'm in court, you know, every day. and... Um, <laughs> You know, I want to plug that don't be disheartened, guys. Get out there and volunteer, and Democrats shouldn't be pointing the finger at each other or even at Bernie Sanders. we got to go after Donald Trump because he's the enemy.
2: I agree. I don't want to call him the enemy. He's the opponent.
3: He's the enemy.
2: No, (laughs) no, I don't know. Political opponents are never your enemies. They are your opponents.
3: You know what? I I would say that (laughs) about, you know, the little likers. I, I... I, I don't there's They not called a,
2: Obama the heart. enemy and they were wrong for doing it. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna I love you anyway. You know that. You're never my enemy. You're always my friend. <laughs> Janet Johnson at <laughs> J. Johnson Law. I'm taking your calls. Other side of the break. 631-451-1039. You're listening to the Chris Hahn show. Keep it where it's at. I'll be right back.
1: All right, I'm back. I am taking
2: your calls the rest of the night if you want to get on the national conversation at 631-451-1039. That's 631-451-1039. I should be on the Fox Business Channel tomorrow at some point. I don't know when. Check me out on Twitter. I know I'm doing something at some point. 631-451-1039 is the number, and I am live So, yeah, I mean, here we are. I mean, that's the big complaint. I'm going to go back to it. The big complaint for me today is conservative media personality saying that I want to incite violence. Not me particularly, but people of my ilk, the progressives. Mainstream Democrats really accusing Chuck Schumer, my former boss, of inciting violence. It's ridiculous, guys. You know what they're going to do? They're going to have people incite violence against them. It's ridiculous. It's the same thing they always do. You can't speak ill will of our president, but when it's a democratic president, oh, they've got plenty of nasty, nasty, nasty things to say, right? Nasty as can be. I mean, let me, let me just boil it down for you. The current president of the United States, Donald Trump spent a year and a half saying the former president of the United States, Barack Obama, was not even an American. Okay? Remember that? Remember that rhetoric, the birther movement, that Donald Trump was like the key ringleader of? Anybody forget that? I mean, were you not alive four years ago when Donald Trump was all about the birther movement? Wasn't that a little crass? Basically saying the president was illegitimate? This guy's so worried about the legitimacy of his president, even though nobody's saying he's an illegitimate president, that he doesn't even want to investigate an existential threat to our republic, the Russians being involved with our elections. That's a real threat, America. So concerned with his legitimacy. But he spent so much time questioning the legitimacy of Barack Obama, a man who got far more electoral votes, far more popular votes, and was, let me, let's face it, better at being president than this guy ever will be. You're not worried about that? You're worried about, oh, people are calling Donald Trump names on Twitter. Or Kathy Griffith did something ridiculous. Okay. That's not why this guy took up a gun and shot up a baseball field. That's not why that happened, and you know it. So why do you say it? I, I mean, were you concerned about the safety of Democrats when Ted Nugent was saying what he said, and then, oh, Sean, had it, you had him on his show that night probably. You might He might have even said it on your show. Did you ban him from your show when he said it? I got people tweeting at me right now saying, oh, Ted Nugent apologized. Yeah, Ted Nugent apologized, apologized last week. He was a maniac for eight years. Last week, he said, you know what? Now that there's a Democrat. No, I don't know how he, I don't do a Ted Nugent. I think he told us like this. Now that there's a Democrat in office, uh, now that there's a Republican office, I I don't think we should have violent rhetoric. I, I reject all my past statements that I made almost every day for eight years. What was he, on drugs? Was he a different person? Now he's going to be good. Remember, Donald Trump invited that man to the White House before he apologized for saying that uh, Hillary Clinton should suck on his machine gun. Or Barack Obama should suck on his machine gun. Or that he'd be dead or in jail if Barack Obama got elected president. What does that even mean? And a lot of other things, too, America. A lot of other things he said. 631-451-1039 is the number. 631-451-1039. But there seems to be this, like, this, like, recurring theme in the alt-right, which is drifting into the regular right, the mainstream right. Newt Gingrich, I wouldn't call him alt-right. He was Speaker of the House of Representatives. Ran for president. Now, you know, don't forget the guy also divorced his wife so he could be with one of his interns while he was prosecuting the president of the United States for getting a, well, from his intern. We all know what he got. But Newt Gingrich is no uh, alt-right guy. And now he's talking about the Civil War. Play number two for me.
1: Well, look, I think we're in a clear-cut cultural Civil War. I think that there are a number of Republicans who don't get it.
2: I'm in a cultural civil war. We heard Alex Jones talking about the civil war. There are dozens of civil war things out there. Roger Stone said that Robert Mueller's investigation will spark a civil war in this country. What a special prosecutor will spark a civil war. Did Ken Starr spark a civil war? Robert Mueller is investigating something far more important than a bad real estate deal that led to the investigation of the president for you know lying about oral sex under oath. The impeachment of a president for lying of, of, under oath about oral sex. That's what Ken Starr was investigating, a bad real estate deal. Mueller's investigating whether or not the Russians tried to affect our election or if any American cooper- cooperated with them. And believe me, there is definitely some American cooperating with them. I'm not saying the president knew about it when it was happening, but it sure does appear that the president's covering it up now. It'll spark a cultural civil war, he says. Alex Jones, I played his clip, right? I mean, we're all over the place with these guys. Newt Gingrich saying it's going to be a cultural civil war. How do you, how do you where does this come from? And they're talking about my rhetoric, right? Pap Buchanan, you know, look, he's definitely far right, but he's definitely part of the mainstream, right? The U.S. is approaching something of a civil war, and it's time for Trump to bear, bear, uh, bear, burn down the Bastille. He said that last week. Can you believe that's Pap Buchanan? Now, I know Pap Buchanan is... A nut job, so take it for what it's worth. I mean, all these guys, you know, part of the problem is, is that the people who still buy books in America tend to be these alt-right nut jobs who want to read about all the problems and the more ridiculous you make your title and the more ridiculous your rhetoric gets, the more these nut jobs buy your book, right? Newt Gingrich is competing for the Ann Coulter crowd. Ann Coulter has a, you know, a market of people, you know, there's 10, 15 million of them that'll buy her book, but you got to say something crazy. And if you don't say something crazy, they don't buy your book. And that's the problem here in America. 631-451-1039 is the number. If you want to get on the conversation, got a little more time left with you. 631-451-1039 is the number. Uh, if you want to get on the call, I also got uh, my Twitter handle at Christopher Hans, the number at Christopher Hahn is my number. I got a call at the end of one of my segments. They didn't want to talk to me. They just want to say, where's this guy on drugs? Ronald Reagan's the best president ever. They didn't like my president countdown list. Best presidents in my lifetime. I said uh, Obama, one Clinton, two. George Herbert Walker, Bush, three. Jimmy Carter, four. Nixon, five. Reagan and Ford tied for sixth. I forgot Ford in that list, right? I I don't think Reagan was a good president. Not even a little bit good. Everybody forgot about Iran-Contra. Everybody forgot about that, how he made a deal with the Iranians so he could smuggle war and so he could start an illegal war. Never got impeached for that. Democrats didn't want to impeach him for it. Probably should have been impeached for that. Remember Ollie North? Jerry Hall? You remember those hearings? Nobody remembers those? I remember them. Oh, but the rhetoric on the left is so bad. The Republicans impeached Bill Clinton over fellatio. Okay? Think about that for a minute. The Democrats, when Reagan was president, had clear evidence that he had traded arms with the Iranians for hostages and then smuggled money to the Contras, illegally avoiding Congress's clear intent. No impeachment, no trial. All right, we'll let him go. He shouldn't have done it. Slap on the wrist. Contrast that with what the Republicans did. Contrast that to like what the Republicans did about the Hillary Clinton emails. About Benghazi, another fake scandal. Yes, I know. Don't yell at me. Four people died. Horrible. Tragic. Hillary Clinton's fault? No. It was as much the Republican Congress's fault for failing to approve her request for additional funding for additional security at the embassies and consulates. She didn't say stand down. She's not the Secretary of Defense. General Petraeus was Secretary of, De- of Defense at the time. Remember how much you loved General Petraeus? Remember the guy who worked for uh, who worked for Bush? Then worked for Obama. It wasn't Hillary Clinton in charge of defense? She was Secretary of State. It's a very different job. Tragedy, yes. Absolutely. We lost our ambassador. Hillary's fault? No. Was it worth 19 congressional hearings and about $17 million on investigation? Absolutely not. Contrast that to what's going on right now. We got a president who's clearly violating the emoluments clause, accepting money from foreign nations every single day at his hotels. He has not separated himself from his businesses. If this was Hillary Clinton and she had not separated herself from the Clinton Foundation, let's say Chelsea was running the Clinton Foundation, like the, you know, like the uh, Trump children are running uh, the Trump empire, but Hillary was still chairperson of the board or something, or bill. There would be a hearing a day, a hearing a day, no hearings. Nah, no, it's okay. We all knew he was a businessman. He's got business around the world. Blah, 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 blah. It's freaking ridiculous, America. Freaking ridiculous. They are hypocrites. And the blatant hypocrisy on the right should make you sick. It makes me sick. But then they turn around <laughs> And say the rhetoric of the left is leading to violence in America, that is just criminal. That is a criminal statement that has been made by the right too much. And this call for a civil war, clearly a talking point on the alt right. Like, I wonder who writes this, the alt right talking points. Is it Steve Bannon? Somebody else? It's insanity. I don't get it. I don't understand why people aren't more concerned about that. I am concerned about it. I'm concerned about the coordination between this calls for civil war and this questioning Democrats' loyalty to the country and at the same time saying they're trying to stoke violence. It seems coordinated to me. It seems coordinated to me. I don't know if it seems coordinated to you. It worries me. It worries me that there's something going on, something bigger, when they're all saying the same thing. Sean Hannity saying the same thing as Rush, as, uh, as Mark Levin, as, as Judge Janine. I've been on her show a couple times during this whole thing. And then you see the Civil War thing being coordinated. Where is that going? What does that even mean? Who, like, why would they think that? What is that? I don't know, 631-451-1039 is the number. Let me go to Mike in Southampton. Mike, how you doing?
0: Hey, how you doing?
2: I'm doing good.
0: You're really thinking people all the way back to Holly North? What'd you say? You're really thinking people all the way back to Holly North?
2: I'm bringing people all the way back to Holly North, yeah. Wow,
0: the generation wasn't even born?
2: Well, you sound like you were born back then. Oh, I was, born, I was born before you, even. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. But look, yeah. man, I'm just making a comparison. I'm saying look at what happened there in the 80s. The Democrats didn't impeach Ronald Reagan over Iran-Contra. A lot more to impeach there than there was in the Bill Clinton scandal, don't you think? Uh, the Bill Clinton scandal? Uh, he just had and
0: Everything's going on in the White House. He disgraced the White House. That's what he did
2: he he disgraced his family i don't know if he disgraced the white house a lot of a lot of things a lot of things went down in that white house
0: yeah but uh, he got caught that's
2: the whole thing well there you go mike thanks for your call 631-451-1039 is the number i got a few more minutes left with you for a few more minutes mike's connection was a little little a uh, little off right i don't know i haven't talked to you tonight mike
1: I know you, may, you. It's been a it's been a big, busy night, you know. Yeah.
2: What are you? What are you doing? You texting your girlfriend in there? You're, you're, no,
1: my computer's actually broken. I'm Trying to fix it. <laughs> your computer is broken. <laughs> well, it's, it's running really slow right now. I was trying to do too many things at once. Yeah. Uh, trying to send too many files out. Have you
2: uh, been sitting here all day listening to conservative media and like saying what the hell is wrong with these people?
1: No, actually, I didn't get here till uh, the sh- previous show. The oh, page, yeah. Uh, I'm
2: not going to talk about that show today.
1: I don't want to. It wasn't I, actually that bad, you know. He talked about some stem. He a stem cell researcher that's on. That's good. And then, uh, He's a rabbi, Rabbi Cohen. Rabbi Stonehenge. Cohen's a
2: good speaker. He's got a lot he's of a lot of
1: good things to say. I yes, like Rabbi he Cohen. He, does, he comes uh, in once in a while. Yeah, he's a good guy. Good
2: stuff. Good stuff. Hopefully, hopefully, Mar- hopefully, Levinson let him talk.
1: Oh yeah, he, he, he did. He goes on. He goes on. <laughs> <laughs> good, 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 good.
2: Yeah, sometimes but, Levinson, you can't get a word. It's like me. I did the same thing to Janet. I, I was talking and, over.
1: Exactly. Him. But you you know. Know, sometimes you got to you gotta learn. That's a good thing about me. You learn about being a good interview. Sometimes you gotta learn not to talk. Most good interviews,
2: good interviewers let the guest talk. And then they, they inform their next question under the question they just asked. Now, exactly. with Janet, we're just talking politics, right? Of course. It's just having a conversation. It's not really an interview. It's no. like, a, hey, what do you think? It's uh, your friend, baby. You just, you know. I try to bring the viewers into my circles, right? Exactly. I have liberal friends. I have, I have uh, reporter friends. And I have conservative friends. And they uh-huh. come on the show, right? Yeah. It's a Chris Hahn and Friends show sometimes. There you go. You know? And I have friends from all sides of the aisle. And we all talk about things. And it's fun. So, you know, we'll see what happens. 631-451-1039 is the number if you want to get back in on the conversation here on uh, LI LI Radio. I got a few more minutes left with you. Uh, and uh, you know, love talking about things at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. At Christopher Hahn on Twitter. Follow me there for all of my appearances. You can also go to Christopherhahn.com. I got lots of old episodes on there. I got lots of things you could you could look at. You could contact me there. You could find out where I'm appearing next. You could book me for your parties. I don't know. <laughs> 631-451-1039 is my number uh, if you want to get in on the uh, conversation. I'm going to go to Janet in Stony Brook. Janet, you're on the air.
3: Hi. Hi. So my goodness, I, I am I am so appalled at the health care bill that, that's being proposed. And the thing that I've been trying to get people to talk about, I actually call CSAN everything. Marco Rubio Look this up, quietly undermines the health care act. I think he thought he was being, going to be elected in the fall of last year. So he would make all that imploding that they're talking about. Right. All arranged, they did that, like, whatever they did to the insurance to, you know, um, take the, the bottom out for months. Well, you
2: know, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Janet. And I haven't read the bill yet, so I don't want to talk about it too much. But let me talk about how they're talking about the imploding of Obamacare. It's hard for insurance companies to make decisions about whether or not to stay in the in the market when Republicans have been basically saying for the last year and a half, or last eight years, really, that if you, if they ever take control of the White House and both chambers of Congress, they're going to get rid of Obamacare. So if you had to make a business decision whether to stay in or, or leave, you're going to leave because there's no certainty. They, the one thing insurance companies hate is uncertainty, right? Absolutely. So these guys have basically got a self-fulfilling prophecy going on They've made it so that people, uh, you know, that the insurance industry executives have no choice, and they're not doing anything to fix that right now. Even with this new bill, they're still going to leave uncertainty out there.
3: Right, but if I could remind you that Marco Rubio, back in January or February of 2016, pushed the law through, I mean, they all voted for it, all the Republicans voted for it, that actually made it so that the pricing could not be adjusted, like, in other words, it's it took some. Look it up. It's actually New York Times article. I'll
0: look Margo. it up,
2: Janet. Janet, thanks for your call. Awesome. I, appreci- I appreciate. it. I hope you keep listening. All okay. Attention
0: to that. Thank you. I uh, love your show.
2: Thank you very much, Janet. Six three one. Well, I can't take any more calls. I don't have enough time left to take calls. You're know, like thirty seconds. Coming to the end. <laughs> Coming to the end of the night. It's been a long day, America. Uh, it has been a long. It has been a long couple of months. I mean, I feel like these like these Trump years are, are going to be like dog years. I mean, each one's like seven years. It's just insane. It's an intense pace. I don't know how we can keep it up as a nation like this. But uh, you know what? I'll be here to talk about it. It's what I do, right? Uh, and I think we got to stay on it. And you got to stay alert and awake. And you got to stay on these news things. All right. That's my show for tonight. only have enough time to tell you to seek the truth. Question everyone, question everything, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there. I know you'll find it if you look for it hard enough. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening, America.
3: We wish our weekdays away, spend our weekends in bed. We drink ourselves stupid, or work ourselves dead and all just because. That's what mum and dad said. The Chris Han Show podcast is recorded live at 103.9 FM in New York at Long Island News Radio. This episode was sent to Face Off Unlimited headquarters in Astoria, Queens, and was edited by Jeffrey Schimmer. Executive producers are Joe Tex, Jay Painter, and Eric Robinson. FOU Studios is a property of Face Off Unlimited, LLC. I'm Brian Walters, the senior producer here, and on behalf of everybody who worked on this show, we'd like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. Subscribe to catch all of our other podcasts here on the FOU Studios Podcast Network. To learn more about Chris and to find out about his upcoming television appearances, follow him on Twitter at Christopher Hahn and at ChristopherHan.com. To learn more about FOU, connect with us via social media at FOU Studios and visit us at FOUstudios.com. Boom!